This is Unconventional Knowledge, the podcast that takes a look at the information hidden below the surface. Each episode, we ask an expert to give us an insider's perspective on a current event. Many believe that Switzerland has avoided the wave of inflation affecting most of Europe. But the reality is not so simple. We asked Henrike Schneider, chief economist of the Swiss Federation of Small and Medium-Sized Enterprises, to describe the situation. Switzerland has a reputation for responsible fiscal and monetary policies. Seemingly, they report an inflation rate of 3.4% in June 2022. Corroborates this image. Especially when compared with the 8.6% in Eurozone, and the 9.1% in the US. The problem with this picture is, it's completely wrong. The Swiss reality, instead, is marked by an ultra-lax monetary policy and a decrease of purchasing power since 2015. More interestingly, the Swiss situation serves as a case study for the many faces of inflation. Inflation, is a multifaceted phenomenon and is only barely captured by inflation rates. Let's start with that. Inflation denotes an increase in the money supply not supported by an increase in the production of goods and services. Increasing money supply without a real collateral just makes banks' balance sheets larger, metaphorically speaking, inflating them like a balloon. This leads to a loss of purchasing power of money. This loss, however, does not occur uniformly throughout the economy. Prices of some goods may increase faster than others, leading to a greater disparity in the relative prices of goods. Also, the increase of prices is just one of the many ways that the loss of purchasing power manifests itself. Other forms are, for example, skyrocketing valuations of real estate or exchange-traded securities, and of course, negative interest rates. In other words, whoever only looks at the consumer price index as a proxy for inflation does not get the whole picture. Inflation, the bloating of the money supply, shows itself in different ways in the different sectors of the economy. And now back to Switzerland. In a bid to conscientiously weaken the Swiss franc, the Swiss central bank engaged in a prolonged phase of ultra-monetary, ultra-lax monetary policy. In January 2010, the Swiss monetary aggregate was about 87,000 million francs. By January 2020, it was around 589,000 million, peaking at approximately 757 million in April 2022. In 12 years, the monetary base expanded 8.7 times. 8.7 times increase in money supply. At first, this unprecedented bloat has been championed on so-called technical grounds. The central bank being committed to price stability wanted to fight impeding deflation. Increasingly, the bank's true aims became clearer. Weakening the Swiss franc was a political move, 
by a politically motivated central bank aiming at helping exporters by devaluating the Swiss franc. Since the onset of this policy in 2010, the balance sheet of the central bank expanded at unprecedented rates. As it proved unsustainable, the central bank decided to change its modus operandi by introducing a negative policy short-term interest rate. In the beginning of 2015, this rate went from positive 0.25% to negative minus 0.75%. Since then, it stayed negative since 2015. Even after a very modest hike in June 22, it is still negative 0.25%. Neither of the intended goals did materialize. The Swiss franc appreciated against the euro, breaking the parity in 2022 and becoming slightly more variable than the European currency since then. The central bankers wanted to keep the Swiss currency at what they called a fair exchange rate of 1.20 francs per euro. Central bankers also failed regarding their original goal. Between 2010 and 2020, the yearly inflation rate measured by the Consumer Price Index was six times negative, in other words, deflationary. In the other six years, it remained below 1% and therefore below the policy band of 1% to 2%. Central bankers bloating the currency supply neither maintained the Swiss franc in its fair exchange rate vis-à-vis the euro, nor achieved their goal of fighting deflation. This is only half the story of the Swiss failure. The other half is marked by sectors in which a tremendous loss of purchasing power occurred due to the machinations of the Swiss Central Bank. At the same time as the inflation of the Swiss money supply occurred, the country's residential house price index went from 130 points in 2010 to 190 in 2021. This represents an increase of over 46%, or about 4% per year. This is much more than the development or increase of wages, which are in average corrected by the consumer price index. The result? Housing prices climbed in real terms. With them, rents and other real estate-related prices making life less affordable, especially for the middle class. Then, the Swiss market index went from around 6,500 points at the beginning of 2010 to about 12,900 at the end of 2021. And even after all turmoil this year, it's still over 11,000 points. At its highest point, the market for exchange-traded shares almost doubled its value with relation to the inception of the central bank's inflationary policy. It still trades 70% higher compared to 2010. However, in the same period, the Swiss economy only grew by around 20%. The difference between the capitalization of the market and economic growth is a sign that the increased monetary base did not enter the real economy 
but remain in the financial markets, causing asset price inflation. A third way in which the central bank's inflationary policy diffused was via the pension system. One of the main reasons for the Swiss being relatively well off is the mandatory but defined contribution system of retirement provision. Currently, the whole system has around 1.3 trillion francs under management. The Swiss central bank introduced a negative interest rate, and that negative interest rate cut away some of these assets. First, the negative rates were applied on pension schemes liquidity. Second, the negative rate lowered the bond market into negative territory as well, lowering the returns for the pension funds and especially the expected returns. Third, it led many funds to seek risks that were not appropriately remunerated by premiums. Negative interest rates chipped away at least 50 billion Swiss francs of the plan contributors, harming, again, especially the middle class. The Swiss case shows how the bloating of the money supply leads to the loss of purchasing power of money. This loss cannot be thought only in terms of the consumer price index because money diffuses differently in the different sectors of the economy. In the Swiss case, the ultra-lax monetary policy of its central bank led to an unprecedented high in the cost of real estate, to asset price inflation, and to the deterioration of pension funds. On the other hand, this inflationary policy did not achieve any of its goals letting the central bank fail on two fronts. I hope this explanation from Henrike Schneider helped you to understand the many ways in which inflation can show up. For more on this topic, please check out our website at gisreportsonline.com or follow us on social media. 